Right now, the big boogeyman is this progressive mind virus, which is taking control of our education system and using it to erase and eradicate any culture that shows any independent thinking. They are trying to homogenize society, systematically extinguish all genuine cultural diversity. One of the groups that has the longest history of fighting against that, regardless of what you think about like their, their allegiances, they do care about their own kids. Orthodox Jewish populations. And because of that, not only are they disproportionately in positions of power across the conservative movement, why they're in these positions of power, why they're fighting so hard makes sense. It's because it's the same reason that we're fighting hard. And they're not trying to convert your kids. If you try to form an ideological faction that is just your narrow cultural group in the hope that one day you can dominate the entire planet, I'm sorry, you are so delusional about how much power your cultural group has right now. All of us, all of the orthodox groups, all of the conservative groups are on the back foot right now. And the only way we win this is through working together. That's our strengths is our difference. And it's something that progressives will never have because mm -hmm. they lack genuine diversity. They even lack the ability to recognize the strength in genuine diversity comes from the fact that diverse groups are going to excel in different things. We need to just have this conversation where we need to have the conversation that we are different. The conservative Protestants are different from the conservative Catholics and they're different from the conservative Jews. And that's our strengths because that's not true of the progressive Catholics and the progressive Protestants and the progressive Jews. If you scratch beneath the surface, they have the same views on gender, the same views on sexuality, the same views on our relationship to the environment, the same views on morality, the same views on the future of our species. They, they just have different holidays. What's that? Mm. That's not, that's not difference. That's not strength in diversity. That's that's people who have had their cultures hollowed out and then worn like a ghoulish skin mask. It's disgusting <sighs> and horrifying. And 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 I am sick of it. I am I am sick of this cultural extermination campaign that so many people are standing by. And and well. I think that it, it will take an alliance, it will take all of the people of Middle Earth coming together to fight these hordes that want to see us erased from this earth. Would you like to know more? So this morning while we were dropping off the kids at daycare, I was talking with Malcolm about our difference between performative Star Wars fandom and actual Star Wars fandom, which, which is actually inspired by the fact that like all the cars in our daycare's parking lot are really nerdy. Like they all have anime and Star Wars stickers on them. And it's really hilarious. It's, it's how mainstream these things are. But I was, but when I met Malcolm incredibly a performative Star Wars fan. Like I didn't, I don't really like the movies that much. Not that into it, not into the lore. And yet my OkCupid username was Moss Eisley. A ton, a ton of Star Wars references in my OkCupid profile. And um, I was also posing in film grade Stormtrooper armor, which I owned. Um, so it's, it's funny that I just use that as a signaling method. I, I think many women do use nerdy things as a signaling method without actually being into them at all. Because arbitrage play, there's less women because, in the nerdy communities mm -hmm. so you can, oh, and you admit it, you sneak. I own it. I own it. I, no, I'm just like, this is a thing that happens and women oh. who pretend otherwise are. Yeah, you didn't even go to anime conventions and like, did you even care? You don't even no, 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 no. I love anime. So don't even, don't, and especially oh, manga. No, 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 okay, mm -mm. Okay. don't go there, friend. But we we were, we actually just in the afternoon revisited my complete performative Star Wars fandom and his genuine 
like weird Stardust. No, Stardust I'm not fandom. Even, hold on. I like the lore. I don't like any of the new stuff. Okay. Right, right. You like, yeah, you're in it for the plot, friend. Okay. So anyway, that's, I, I asked him like, what do you mean you want to talk about don't, don't order 66 your own Jews? That just shows like how performative I am because order, order, 66. order 66 in Star Wars is the order that was given to the clones to kill the Jedi. And I, I often feel when I'm in conservative communities these days, one really crazy thing is you were on Ed Dutton's podcast and people were like in the comments trying to figure out if you were Jewish. Jewish I don't know. So she is like one 16th Jewish, not that much, like one eighth Jewish, I think one eighth Jewish. It, but, knows, right? I have a Jew nose. Yeah, right. But, but matrilineally Jewish. So I guess like technically she is kind of Jewish, but, it, but she didn't grow up knowing that she was matrilineal Jewish. She found that out when she was an adult and they went into family history. But what was interesting was just the hostility that a community that's not even like religious, like his listeners are like edgy atheist types, right? Ethno-supremacist sort of types sometimes. Ethno-supremacists, that's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess they are. And and they have such hostility towards, and then we talk to other people. We, we talked to some like really spicy conservative people. And this like, oh, I don't know. Is this a Jewish idea? We should be worried about this. And I'm like, I, I think that there is a serious misunderstanding of Jews as a cultural group. And I say this to somebody who is has no like history personally with like, I have a lot of Jewish friends, but like personally, I'm not genetically Jewish. I'm none of my ancestors are Jewish, anything like that. And yet as an outsider, I can see that there is a misunderstanding of what's going on here. So hmm. here's where I think conservatives are correct when they say oh hollywood is serving our kids bad values and hollywood has a disproportionate number of jews within it and okay. i'm like okay those two things are true but the conservative intellectual sphere fear also has a disproportionate number of jews in it the the people who are getting conservative politicians elected has a disproportionate number of jews within it pretty much any position of power in our society has a disproportionate number of jews in it and it's and so this is one of those things that's that's really offensive and i think it's is partially why when i talk about the the order 66 on the jews why i'm increasingly getting worried for the jewish community so, so mm-hmm. just a quick aside here I, I think the conservative movement has always had a ethno-isolationist aspect to it. I, I think it's getting smaller and smaller as the conservative movement shifts and it's, it's, it's distributing throughout the movements. But historically in the U.S., a, the, the progressive movement has been until recently the more pluralistic movement. But now part of the progressive philosophy is defined by this idea of you can tell which groups are evil by which groups who have power and victimhood is a virtue. And so if, if they've created this narrative of these groups are in power only because they have victimized other groups, and then you look around and you're like, oh, well, Jewish people do, I think very inarguably disproportionately end up within positions of power in our society. Yeah. Does that mean, like, it, it, it's very hard to maintain this narrative that they historically are a victimized group if you buy into this mindset. It's, oh, yeah. well, they must be oppressive. And, mm-hmm. and worse, within different progressive groups, we're beginning to see now this idea of white people aren't the bad guys. The Jewish people are the most overrepresented group within positions of power. You're talking about in proportion to the percentage of the population. Therefore, they must be the ultimate bad guys. And this is why you see people, what was that communist group of, that was burning Anne Frank's diaries 
for their campfires. And, and this is what you're seeing on the extreme left right now, which I think when you begin to see anti-Semitism rise within the extreme left and was in the extreme right, that's not good. But, but to my larger point here, because our politics today are so focused on your enemies, groups can ignore their allies and they can begin to define, okay, this group is overrepresented within positions of power among my enemies, therefore it is an enemy group. And yet the most competent conservative allies, you know, and Ben Shapiro, right? I actually really like Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro calls us nerds. He did he like a whole like you. podcast <laughs> on like us being nerds and like people shouldn't listen to us and 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 because we're nerds basically he's like who are these weirdos ben shapiro says we're nerds but i think that's a sign of true nerdum you want to say no star wars fronting about star wars that's not how you become a true nerd no, when, yeah, when ben, shapiro. Has, <laughs> ben shapiro call you a nerd then you're a true nerd um oh but you know he's done a lot to progress the conservative cause and i and i think one of the things there was this YouTube a while ago, and they're like, "Look at how many of Joe Rogan's guests are are Jewish." And it's like, "Yes, because a lot of leading conservative intellectuals are Jewish, right?" And this is what I talk about. If you have a group that is disproportionately in positions of power, this is why I use a Jedi analogy: don't order sixty-six-year-old Jews. Do not start stabbing them in the back with this whole anti-Semitic movement that is gaining steam. I think on both the left and the right. If the right moves back from this position and becomes a safe haven from the Jews at the same time as the left is moving more and more anti-Jew, yeah, you'll never win reformed Jews. But reformed Jews, I mean, they are they are so they are like the Unitarian Universalists. They they are to Judaism as Unitarian Universalism is to evangelicalism or Catholicism, right? When you see people in positions of power on the left and you see they are reformed Jews, and you say, ah, this is proof that Jews can't be good conservative allies or, or the Jewish population at large is against us. To me, this is very much like a person looking at the leftists in positions of power and seeing Unitarian Universalists in a lot of these positions and being like, well, this is why I can't trust Protestants, right? Like what? This is a, a highly mimetically infected with this progressive mind virus group. Like you can't, that's not representative of the Jewish people more broadly. You look at the Orthodox Jewish group, these people are incredibly conservative in the way that they view everything. And they've been able to maintain their traditions with fidelity across generations in the face of highly diverse, we're dealing with a world where immigrants are posing more of a threat to us. If anything, we can learn from Orthodox Jewish populations that have for a long time been the majority in their, their cultural environments and been able to pass on their cultural group intergenerationally with fidelity. Something, something, gift horse, mouth, etc. Well, I mean, don't look at if, if you if you take inventory of both who are the most competent people on both sides of, of the cultural battlefield right now, there are few groups as motivated and that have dealt with a situation like this historically. So if right now the big boogeyman is this progressive mind virus, which is 
taking control of our education system and using it to erase and eradicate any culture that shows any sort of independent thinking from our society. You know, everyone needs to have exactly the same views on gender. Everyone needs to have the same views on morality. Everyone has to have the same views on sexuality. Everyone has to have the same views on how we relate to the environment. Everyone has to have the same views on how we relate, like how, how women and men relate to each other. And, and they're pressing this and they're like, we support diversity, just except anywhere where there's actually like meaningful ideological diversity. It must be stamped out there, right? Like they are trying to homogenize society, systematically extinguish all genuine cultural diversity in our society. One of the groups that has the longest history of fighting against that, regardless of what you think about like their competency today or, or their allegiances, they do care about their own kids, Orthodox Jewish populations. And I think because of that, they are, not only are they disproportionately in positions of power across the conservative movement, why they're in these positions of power, why they're fighting so hard makes sense. It's the same reason that we're fighting hard. And they're not trying to convert your kids. They, yeah. they don't they don't want an all Jewish world. That's not the way their religion works. That's not the way their cultural group works. They are genuinely one of the lowest threat groups to you and one of the highest value aligned groups to you. And one of the things that really gave me heart is when Andrew Tate converted to Islam and conservatives weren't like, oh, you bastard. They're like, oh, yeah, we understand now because that's what society is. It was an alliance of conservative groups against this progressive mind virus that wants to systematically erase and homogenize every culture on the planet. Hmm. And we all have a lot in common. Even when you're talking about other groups, like a lot of conservatives these days, they have some animosity towards Muslim cultural groups. These Muslims aren't converting your kids. They, they do not have uh, any aims at erasing your cultural group it, it, through it, capturing educational systems and converting your kids. That's where the immediate threat is right now. Understand that they are just as threatened, a Muslim immigrant, by the progressive elite within our society as you are as are the Orthodox Jews. And if you try to form an ideological faction that is just your narrow cultural group in the hope that one day you can dominate the entire planet, I'm sorry, you are so delusional about how much power your cultural group has right now. All of us, all of the Orthodox groups, all of the conservative groups are on the back foot right now. And the only way we win this is through working together. It's through genuine pluralism. I love how some quote unquote conservatives will be like, oh, but um, we can't really have an alliance because uh, Muslims are outbreeding us. And it's like, uh, whose fault is that? It's not their fault. You need some nanny state to, to protect you because you can't motivate your own people to have kids? That sounds like a you problem. And it's not the state's job to come in and protect you from your own weakness. I mean, I'm all for ensuring that these groups, that no groups, get government services. I, I do not think government services are a good idea to begin with. But I am very against one group imposing restrictions against other group because that other group is outcompeting them. And to me, a lot of the conservative talk against Jewish populations really do feel like sour grapes. You know, you get all these 
ethno-supremacists who are talking about, oh, this group's genetically superior, that group's genetically superior, and then uh, they're also really anti-Semitic, which has never made sense to me, because it's like, well, I mean, clearly by the data, this group is out-competing you guys. And, and they come up with all these, well, they're, they're not playing fair or whatever. <laughs> It, it, it really comes off bad, and it makes it look like you just can't deal with the fact that you're not from <laughs> the group that happens to be winning. And if that's the case, don't impose restrictions on other groups. Find out how to improve your own cultural group. Because uh, when it comes to Jews, you don't get to play the game where you go, oh, you know, what have Jews ever invented that, that contributed to society? Well, what scientific discoveries have Jews ever made? I, I don't know, a quarter of them? They are clearly materially benefiting other cultural groups through whatever cultural adaptation it is they have that is allowing them to be competitive within the current social ecosystem. And if your concern is that one cultural group is out-competing you, focus on how you can improve your own cultural group, then come up with sour grape stories about how they're not really out-competing you or how they're not really playing fair. Because to be honest, when you go around doing that, you sound like the absolute worst parts of progressive philosophy. This victim narrative is gross, disgusting, and removes personal responsibility and personal cultural responsibility for your own failures. Well, yeah, I mean, what I think is interesting about this, and part of me thinks that this is our like Silicon Valley background speaking. So it could be a view that actually people strongly disagree with, but we were raised post meeting each other and certainly in our entrepreneurial and career lives to believe that he who moves first and fastest and most boldly is he who wins. So a defensive strategy, like let's trademark this, let's copyright this, let's stealth this, like all protect, 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 attack anyone who tries to copy you, like you will not win. It is move fast and break things in Silicon Valley. And I think that we view things very similarly culturally. It, it is move fast and break things. So it doesn't matter. Like a, a defensive strategy, it's not something that would ever occur to us culturally speaking because we come from a mindset of, I don't care about my enemies. My enemies will not even really exist because I'm going to build the future and they won't be a part of it. That kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I think what you're missing here is our enemies are so good at erasing our cultures right now that many of the conservative cultural groups will not survive this. When you look at things like Mormons falling below repopulation rate, when you look at their bleed rate, I would have thought 10 years ago if I was like, there's an alliance of conservative cultural groups who's mm. one of the strongest positions here and that blank is breaking. Um, you know, that that's and I think that some conservative groups, part of their strength is their traditionalism, their mm. unwillingness to accept new ways of doing things. You can look at a great example here and the Amish are a great example of this, right? Mm. They don't adapt to new ways of doing things. They don't move fast and break things. What we should think of ourselves as is a a multicultural and multi front battlefield and understanding the, the strength in our diversity is different players on this battlefield have different strengths. And mm. sometimes that strength is a group's traditionalism. It is their steadfastness and it is their defensiveness. But if the defensive groups say, no, 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 we want to get rid of people like you and, and Malcolm, right? Because you're from a highly accelerationist, a highly aggressive group. Mm. It's like, well, if you just take a defensive position, eventually the entire front loses. 
We mm -hmm. need certain groups that are going to at risk to themselves, an accelerationist position, a culturally experimental position puts our culture at more risk. Well, it, yeah, it's offensive. It, it's, it's moving, it's moving more of your team into an offensive position and leaving, leaving honestly your defense kind of weak. Well, yes, but that's for our culture because yeah. we have other people on our flanks. Because mm. we have the the whether it's it's the Amish or the Catholics on the flanks holding ground where we move in and do things with the Collins Institute, try to break through the front lines and mm. take control of an aspect of the education system so that we can protect the cultural diversity that I think makes the world strong. Mm. At the very least, do not attack the groups that are making these aggressive maneuvers because you cannot win just by holding steady. You, you do have to make aggressive maneuvers. You do have to break through lines. And no group, no conservative group has enough numbers or enough willpower even to win on their own these days. And I think that some conservative groups are really just like progressives in disguise. Like they want to impose their cultural group on everyone else after they win. One of the few groups that I'm really not worried about here is the Jews, right? So I'm like... Why they're, they're one of the few groups that I'm like, I know they, they don't want my kids. It is, I think, just an incredibly dumb position that takes the perspective of a world that no longer exists. A hmm. world in which you had a country where you were the culturally dominant faction in which the world was made up of, of countries where your country was your ethnicity, which was your culture. That's not the world anymore. And the countries that have stayed in that world are some of the weakest on the current playing field. It is the weakest strategy you can take. Right. Okay. So a good example of a culture following the strategy is Korea by staying homogenous, either through inaction or inability to bring in outsiders or an unwillingness to do so. Yeah. And they've done a very good job of keeping out immigrants, but eventually they will die. Just keeping yourself in a hermetic pod doesn't save you. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that learning to work in a multicultural ecosystem is something that the surviving cultural groups will have to do. I think coming out of this period in conservative history, one faction of conservatism will be a genuinely pluralistic cultural group that is okay with different cultural groups working together towards a common goal. We're from a Calvinist cultural group, which also isn't that interested in converting other people. We'll, we'll breed our, 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 our cultural faction. We don't need to convert people. That's, that's not something we're interested in. But I do believe that we gain strengths from a diversity of opinions. And I think that coming out of this, I do think that we can beat this progressive mind virus. I do think that, that it will not win. And I hope that some alliance of different cultural traditions can stay together coming out of this and fight off the cultural traditions that like the progressives want to do now, want to erase all cultural diversity in the world, want everyone to think the same, want everyone to have the same moral system. But even if you are from one of those cultural traditions, just understand that you're on a weak footing now mm -hmm. and you need to fight with us or we all get erased. Everyone who differentiates from the mind virus. And the mind virus does not lead to a prospering intergalactic human ecosystem. They, they do not want that. You look at what they, when, we, when we're behind closed doors with them, they're genuine negative utilitarians. They're like, yeah, but would the world really be so bad without humans? Look at all the suffering we cause. Look at all the suffering we cause in animals. Look at all the infighting we have. If we go extinct and it's just due to low fertility rates, is it really that bad? They do not care about extinction events. 
you look and I point out to them, I'm like, look, you guys have controlled the academic system for the past 25 years. And the amount of money that needs to go into new discoveries and new discoveries in general are slowing down. The replicability crisis is getting worse. It seems that you have genuinely gotten bad at searching for truth. Does that not concern you? And they're like, well, not really, because we're creating less negative emotions in the world, right? Like through the ideology we're pushing, we're lowering negative emotions. And that might be true, but that's the way a negative utilitarian sees the world. They cannot take us to the stars. And therefore, they are an incredibly risky group to leave in a position of power. I don't mind if, if even some group that's radically different from us, Warhammer style, ends up on giant cathedral ships going to the stars, right? That, that obviously, that's not how they first went to the stars in Warhammer. Sorry, I'm getting nerdy about lore here. That is Again. what the Empire of Man turned into. I'm just saying, I do like cathedral ships aesthetically. I think they're pretty cool. We, we, we can do that. Yeah, I mean, when when I think about like cool sci-fi scenarios of this, and I don't think you ever like it, but I really like Dune. You've got all these really different groups that kind of use each other, may not respect each other, sometimes respect each other, definitely mess with each other, are very ideologically different, but still create a very interesting universe. And I like that because there's a lot of interplay. I don't know how that works in the Warhammer universe, but I, I, do, I do love sci-fi explorations of how it could be. <laughs> Though I guess they're kind of just extrapolations of what is here now. Well, it's interesting. It's You're talking about the Warhammer universe. It depends on how you would interpret it. So some people oh. would say, well, they're all technically following the same religion, like worshiping the emperor of man, right? Okay. But if you look at the cultural differences between space marine units, for example, they are easily as big or bigger because there are also genetic cultural differences mm. between the pretty big genetic cultural differences. Do you gain people's memories when you eat them? Oh, okay. Big, bigger than cultural differences between most of the conservative cultural traditions that exist today. So mm. if they can work together towards this, this prosperous future for our species, hopefully we can. Fingers crossed. Well, let's see. Have you changed my view on anything? We talk about this a lot, so we're a little bit too aligned. Maybe next well, I mean, time. What I like to create is, I, I like if I'm thinking like 3D chess, how do you play this? Mm -hmm. If you can really damper down the anti-Semitism in the conservative party, really have people attack it whenever they see it, okay. then in an era in which the progressives are moving more and more towards anti-Semitic positions and the progressive fringes are becoming more and more virulently anti-Semitic, you allow in the same way. So a lot of people don't know this, but in the 1970s, Catholics were majority progressive. They were Democrats, majority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this is when the conservative party took the position against abortion. Before this, Republicans at the 1970s conference were actually more, they were not only pro-abortion, but the conservative, your average Republican was more pro-abortion than your average Democrat. Ooh la la. Um, and, and a lot of people, they're, they're not familiar with this. The core reason the conservative party made this shift was to bring the Catholic cultural faction into our fold. And it worked. It worked with flying colors. And it was because at the time, Democrats were taking shakier and shakier positions vis-a-vis -vis Catholics. Right now, we're in a society where the Democrats are taking shakier and shakier progressives vis-a-vis -vis the Jewish population. We can, right now, we can peel off that population in the same way the conservative movement did the Catholics in the 1970s. And I think that the another population that we can easily peel out, which I'll talk about in a future video, is the Hispanic population.
because I think naturally they're very aligned with us. Same with Orthodox Jewish population and the ultra-Orthodox Jewish population. They're just naturally very aligned with the conservative movement so long as we can commit to cultural pluralism. Okay, I'm, I'm sold on this. Sounds great. But I mean, what actually would it take to get the conservative party to be a little less anti-Semitic? Seems kind of like not plausible. Yeah, sure, it would be great if that's possible, but I just don't, like would major influencer, if enough major influencers in this space just decided to not be cool with it and shamed it a lot, would that make the difference? And what would it take? I think the number one thing we need to do is talk about it. So this whole Hmm. video, the very fact that I'm talking about Jewish people as like a unique cultural group that is uniquely successful within certain, and it's just measurably, they're uniquely successful, whether it's like getting Nobel prizes or you look at the number of millionaires or whatever, like just uniquely successful. But mm. just saying that, that's considered offensive. People are like, well, that's a stereotype. And it's like, you, you, you nutter butter. It's like simple statistics, right? And they're like, well, that's an offensive statistic and you, and you shouldn't say it. And it's due to historic discrimination. How is it due to, what are you going on about? we're different. Different people are different. And, and then, and then I love it. Like Nick posted as well, the, the signs that they have positions of power is a sign that they're doing something Machiavellian together. Even they will they'll say this. I'm like, oh yeah. Well then what do you think about the last Supreme court where seven of the nine justices were Catholic or raised Catholic? One came from a Catholic and Protestant household. And many people think they're actually Catholic. You can go through this. Does that mean that there's some like Catholic conspiracy to control our court system? No. Great strengths about cultural diversity is that they have different things they're good at right? And, and, and it is a fact that we're different. The fact that we can recognize our differences and see that by working together, by working with people who are different than us, who are culturally optimized for different outcomes, yeah, you're going to see different long-tail distribution outcomes. That's our strengths is our difference. And it's something that progressives will never have because mm-hmm. they lack genuine diversity. They even lack the ability to recognize the strength in genuine diversity comes from the fact that diverse groups are going to excel in different things. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And we need to just have this conversation where we need to have the conversation that we are different. The conservative Protestants are different from the conservative Catholics and they're different from the conservative Jews. And that's our strengths because that's not true of the progressive Catholics and the progressive Protestants and the progressive Jews. If you scratch beneath the surface, they have the same views on gender, the same views on sexuality, the same views on our relationship to the environment, the same views on morality, the same views on the future of our species. They, they just have different holidays. What's that? Mm. That's not that's not difference. That's that's not that's that, that's not strength in diversity. That's that's people who have had their cultures hollowed out and then worn like a ghoulish skin mask. <laughs> It's disgusting and horrifying, and 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 I am sick of it. I am I am sick of this cultural extermination campaign that so many people are standing by, and and well. I think that it, it will take an alliance. It will take all of the people of Middle Earth coming together to fight these hordes that want to see us erased from this earth. I thought you wanted to sail away on some elven ship, which would be super lame. The elven ship is the life extensionist. The elven ship is these people who are like, I want to live forever on an island where I don't matter. And it's okay, you go away. You you live forever and I'll be like Sam and have kids and a happy life, you know? We're going to be the same wise. Yeah, okay. Yeah, let, let's do it. Team Kanji. Do you want me to saute some meat for you? I would like you to saute some meat for me. Yes. Okay. And put in some oyster sauce earlier this time. Okay. We don't. Do you want me to do an onion? We don't have shallots left. I do. I got some more onions. So yeah, go for that. Perfect. Okay. I love you. And I'll see you soon.